victory. Victory Monday. We did it, folks. It's Victory Monday. Happy Victory Monday. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Tis the season to celebrate. Why not just think of Touchdown Jesus over there at University of Notre Dame? Cleveland Browns, what a game. Marching as the team of destiny. Get another win, double digits on the win on the wins column now. Ten and five. It's weird when you think about it, because that's only two and one. If you break down to the lowest common denominator and do the math, that's two wins for every one loss. It doesn't seem like a lot. It's like, well, yeah, a good team should win twice for every one time they lose. Right? That's not. Not revolutionary, but it kind of is in the NFL. It's a really big win for Cleveland Browns, and Amari Cooper has now set a record 265 yards. 265 yards receiving. Broke the 10-year-old Josh Gordon record. How about that? I mean, I don't think it gets much better than that. Let's try to check and make sure that we're still streaming live. Thank you for following the unhappy hour. Okay, it does look like we're live here on the unhappy hour on YouTube. So youtube.com slash the new American media, YouTube. Uh, you know, I don't even know what we are on YouTube for the unhappy hour, but follow us. Do a search for the unhappy hour sports show, please, and subscribe to us there. Uh, once people populate the room, we're going to get into today's show. I mean... There's so much to talk about, so much good stuff. There we go. We're broadcasting on both. I can confirm. All right, so that's good news. There we go. Got the feed up. We can begin on this wonderful Christmas day. Blessings to you and yours. We are blessed with a team of destiny rooting for this Cleveland Browns franchise. It has been a tough go since our team was stolen and taken to Baltimore in 1995. We have been the butt of the jokes. We have, you know, sadly had immense talent on this roster from Josh Gordon to Joe Thomas, um, uh, Josh Cribs. I mean, we've had great players, Phil Dawson kind of peppered in over the last 30 years, but rarely have we had a team that has been able to perform at the level um, that we demand as fans. It's playoffs or nothing. You don't just want to have a team to have a team. You want to have a team to go down to, to the waterfront and win some games. And look, the, the Browns at home have been 6-1, and one, almost unbeatable at home. That's incredible because for the past 30 years, I've gone to a lot <laughs> of really pathetic losses. So it is fantastic on Christmas Eve to get this gift. I don't know what the biggest gift is, the elite Joe Flacco, as uh, President Donald Trump called him, or the game-breaking, record-setting performance from Amari Cooper. You know, I, I was hearing that Amari Cooper, you see all these stats. He's the only one of two players to have 200 yards receiving for three teams. I'm like, three teams? He's a, he's a Cleveland Brown. He's like, he is one of the Cleveland Browns. He is one of the cornerstone Cleveland Browns. And then you think, oh, well, where else? We traded the Cowboys. So he's on the Browns and the Cowboys. And you're like, who else would let this guy go? How does anyone let this guy go? So that's the question of the day. Do you remember where 
he was also what his third team was. It, it took me a minute. And then when it came up, I go, oh, yeah. Wow, I really forgot about that. I really forgot about where Cooper started off. But it doesn't matter where he started off. It matters that he's here now. It doesn't matter where Joe Flacco came from. It matters that he's here now. And look, he is having himself a season. It's really got, look, for comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin died on the field. They resuscitated him and brought him back. I get that that's a great story, but that was last year's story. This year, there's two players for comeback player of the year. It's Baker Mayfield leading the the first place, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had another great game yesterday, and it's Joe Flacco coming off the couch. There really is nobody else. Joe Flacco, seven. What are these weird stats here? You got to scroll to the left to see them. Just should resize the frame here. 27 to 42, 368 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One of those essentially was kind of like a really long punt inside the 20 yard line. If you're going to have an interception, you don't have it with between your 30 and your end zone. You can have it on the other teams between their end zone and their 30 yard line. But yeah, Joe Flacco had a 96.1 passer rating, but the day, obviously, it was tough for the Browns to run it. Uh, Pierre Strong had the best, 4.4 average, five carries for 22 yards. Jerome Ford only had 25 yards on the day on 15 carries, but he did have a touchdown. Kareem Hunt also had a touchdown, but only 54 yards rushing on the day. We are a passing team, make no mistake, and on this day, uh, passes were attempted to or receptions went to nine different receivers. This is a trend. Joe Flacco spreads the ball around, but somehow, despite moving the ball around to various targets, he got nine targets to Njoku and 15 targets to Cooper, completing 11 catches for 265 yards, two touchdowns. Also, what do you have? Two two point conversions? Uh, it doesn't have that stat listed here. Two two-point conversions, I believe. All right, so let's get into the game. If you have any questions or comments, type them in. I'll see if I can uh, address them. This really is a team of destiny. You, you get the feeling that there is something special going on. There's that famous quote. I don't know if it was that Denny Green. I kind of confused some of these guys. The playoffs, I just hope we can win a game. And then there's, they are who we thought they were, and we let them get away. But then there's the, the, the sentiment of we are what our record says we are. And maybe that's been said, you know, hundreds of times. And I don't know if there's one most famous version of it, but we're a 10 and 5 team with the chance to tie a franchise record of 12 wins. Uh, short, short week, we're going to play the uh, Jets on Thursday. Then we're going to wrap it up the next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. But we are what our record says we are. We could be a team of destiny with the elite Joe Flacco under center. So, I mean, we had some ups and downs today, uh, yesterday rather. And the game started off, the Browns had a really nice special teams return up to the 41-yard line. It's always good, when, you, especially when you're on the road. You don't want to be – if you have a bad kick return and you're inside your own 20 – that's when the crowd gets really loud because they know that they can affect you. They can get inside your helmet, maybe get a false start, you know, maybe a self-inflicted wound. That's the last thing you want. But the Browns take it up to the 41-yard line, and on the very first play from scrimmage, Joe Flacco steps back and launches 
Joe Flacco throws some of the prettiest passes in the NFL. I guess I never realized it when he was on the Ratbirds. I just despise everything about the Ratbirds. They stole our team. They wouldn't exist if they didn't steal our team. I got no love for them. I don't like them. And, and I'm not going to go out of my way to watch extra Ratbird football. But maybe I slept on Joe Flacco a little bit. And I did mention President Trump. That clip where he, he was asked doing a, 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 a Twitter question and answer thing, he goes, I do actually think Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. He has an elite arm, and he was one of the main reasons why they won that Super Bowl with that great defense, because of that great arm. I guess that's where that elite phrase is coming from. I didn't quite understand why everyone kept calling him elite other than watching him. I mean, he Joe Flacco on his own has, what does he have, 10 touchdowns in three games and over 1,000 yards? Like, there's a, There is legitimate chatter about should he just be our quarterback next season and keep Watson as the backup. I do contend had we stayed with Jacoby Brissett instead of going back to the Sean Watson experiment, we probably would have made the playoffs that year as well. I don't know. I, I just I see Flacco balling out. And I just he never played like this in Baltimore. Not this well. You know, still two interceptions. Like I said, one of them was. But I guess that's what you're going to get out of Joe Flacco. Some amazing plays and a lot of yards and a couple of turnovers. But anyway, very first play from scrimmage. Joe Flacco lines up just from the 41 yard line. This beautiful bomb to Amari Cooper gets us down to the five yard line. Uh, stopped on second on third and goal. Jerome Ford lines up in a shotgun behind center. Uh, kind of like in a wildcat. And then on the snap, Flacco, who was lined up as a wide out, comes in motion kind of just to fake the opportunity of a toss back to him because the Browns do have this tendency to run packages with DTR, with Flacco lined up over here. Um, they do the one with Harrison Bryant under center. They do it with Kareem Hunt under center. And they have various versions of this, and I think they're kind of getting comfortable with it now, thank God. Because when these seemingly wacky plays don't work or there's a misstep or, God forbid, the, the ball hits the turf, you know, it's like, oh, the coach is so stupid. But when the plays work, you're like, hey, what, what a well-crafted, what a, what a well-designed play. It's all in the, the, the results. That's on the players. So from third and goal, Ford lines up. Flacco comes around. Once the ball is snapped, Ford sweeps right over to the pylon. Touchdown. Just right off the bat. You know, this is an eight, a formerly eight and six football team in the Houston Texans. Right in the thick of the playoff hunt. Yes, they, they lost their superstar rookie, probably rookie of the year quarterback, C.J. Stroud from the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, so the luster was taken off the game a little bit, obviously with Deshaun Watson on the sideline and uh, with C.J. Stroud on the sideline. But, you know, Case Keenum got the ball for them, and we had Joe Flacco, our fourth quarterback of the year, four quarterbacks who've won games for us in one season. It's just incredible what, what we've been able to do. But, you know, just that special teams play, glowing. Fantastic, amazing. Just to get, I can't even express to you how important it was to get to the 41. And then go for it, go deep. You connect and you score a quick touchdown. I mean, you silence that crowd, take them out of it early. That is huge on the road because the Browns have not had nearly the success on the road that they've had at home. So the Browns take the 7 0 lead. Uh, you saw a couple good runs from Devin Singletary on the day. 
Um, and on the first drive, you hit, you saw one of those, and the Browns' defense held them, got the ball back. So Browns get the ball on third and four. Flacco swallowed up by the pass rush, and he spins out of it. You're like, Flacco can't move. It's like he has a little bit of pocket presence. He actually does. Spins out of a collapsing pocket. Shoots an absolute slingshot over to Cedric Tillman on the sideline, who re- then spins and reaches out to extend the ball. He, he knew where he was trying to get to. He already had the first, but he, he wanted to make sure he had the first. Because you can lose track of a couple of yards, especially when you're fighting somebody else looking for the ball. You kind of, but I liked his awareness. I, I want to be careful that he doesn't put himself in a Hollywood Higgins position where he's diving for the end zone, take a helmet to helmet hit that's uncalled by the Chiefs, Dirty Dan Sorensen, that prevents us from going to the AFC Championship game with Baker Mayfield. You know, and that, that's part of it, too. I, I'm having this thought as Baker's having a resurgence and, you know, thinking how so, so many of the fans just turned on him. It's it, it's it's so unfortunate because during that COVID season, Baker Mayfield didn't have a lot of fans to play for. There should have been 80,000 with all those wins that he was stacking up, taking us to the playoffs, beating Pittsburgh twice in a row, including retiring Big Ben. Should have beat the Chiefs the next week, you know. That should have been a lot of fans in the stadium. Obviously, those were road games, those last two. But, um, you know, definitely missed out on having the the Browns fan base rooting for him. But, yeah, just reaching out for that, it, it reminded me that's good presence of mind to make sure you get the first down from Cedric Tillman. But it also just brings back Hollywood Higgins diving for the end zone. Ball pops out. Instead of seven, it's a turnover through the end zone, and we lose that game by less than seven. So there's no way to talk about it without remembering that. Anyway, Cedric Tillman gets the first down there. Drive stalls on a bad pass and drop by Hunt. Um, Not a good pass, not a good catch. He probably would have had a first down had he caught it, but um, there's something there with with Flacco and Hunt on the passes. Um, I'll I'll bring it up again. This is not the first time, nor would it be the last, that this rears its ugly head. You know, nothing, no dangerous, no... um, unforgivable repercussions, but repercussions nonetheless. So the drive stalls and the Browns send it back to Houston. Then the defense holds. Browns are still up 7-0 with about 436 left in the first. So then Flacco on play action again, and this is kind of the cornerstone. Once again, thinking back to Baker, there was a lot of play action. You know, and you feel like play action works better when you have a Nick Chubb, (laughs) who the defense really has to respect, versus – you know, the Browns running backs have not been able to get too much going. But just the mere fact that you are giving that half-second pause, you can't fully commit to dropping back and looking behind you. You're kind of – you're watching. You're keeping them a little honest. So Flacco on play action fires a 20-yard laser above the head of Cooper. Now I'll say I've seen plays like this throughout the NFL and on the Browns in particular. Laser beams above the heads. Friggin' wide receivers with friggin' laser beams over their head. You know, off the hands, out of bounds. Nah. Cooper went up. I mean, he could not have extended any higher than he did. And he caught it at the apex and brought it down for the completion. You've already seen two amazing catches from Cooper on the day. And it really was just a harbinger of things to come. Am I, am I saying that word right? Harbinger? I think so. Now I'm going to look it up. That's a person or thing 
that announces or signals the approach of another. Yes, a harbinger of things to come. A great laser beam throw, only where Cooper could get it on the sidelines there. Just at the apex, grabs and snags and brings it in. Gorgeous play. Great throw. You just knew, like, the Flacco to Cooper connection was on. But unfortunately, that drive stalled. Kicked it back to Houston. Singletary with another good run. But uh, once again, around near midfield, the Browns held, hold them and get the ball back. So we're in the second quarter now, kind of 7 nothing, feeling each other out. Flacco runs another play action. Bootlegs to the right. And he launches a 45 yards in the air to Amari Cooper on the sideline, who then takes it the final 30 yards separation from the defender, who I, I believe there was a flag called on the play for defensive pass interference. Of course, we waved it off. So that was a 75-yard touchdown pass. Joe Flacco is elite. The elite arm of Joe Flacco. Who would have? I did not have Joe Flacco on my bingo card of things I would be rooting for. I mean, when we went to sign him, I, I had the thought, and I'm sure some of you thought this as well. You're going, is this really the best that there was available out there? This is the best? The best available. This guy. Wow. How did so many teams sleep on this guy? So many clown backups playing in the NFL. Flacco's not one of them. Flacco's a good one. So, Browns take the lead there. 14-0. Things are going well. But this is where things kind of fell apart for me. The ensuing Hopkins kickoff goes to Damian Pierce. Takes it at the two-yard line, and it turns into a 98-yard nightmare. The crowd was silent. Silent. And I witnessed this in Kansas City. Following um, the Baker-Browns playoff season, we went into Kansas City, and we were whooping them. And then there was a punting turnover, and the defense had a really bad broken play. I mean, all of a sudden, two big plays, and that stadium went from silent to I've never been in a louder place in my entire life. And so, because this woke up their silent crowd. Then, because the special teams had to go, hang on, let me see if this is stalling here. Because this woke up their silent crowd. Then, because the specialty... Okay. <clears throat> it looks like I'm getting some jet lag on here, but the audio is coming through at least, so I'll just keep it. Anyway, it woke up the silent Houston Texans crowd. And then, once again, so many just re reminiscent moments of the Baker season when he got injured. It was on a, bat, a, a poorly run route by Anthony Schwartz. He, he ran the wrong route. Ball was where it was supposed to be. Receiver wasn't. Baker tried to make a, 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 a you know touchdown-saving tackle. Ended up blowing his shoulder out. Ruined his whole season. Ruined his career in Cleveland. You know, in hindsight, it's like, just let him run. Just get him next time. But, like, also, you like the fight and the grit and the heart and the hustle of this team. And it's like you'd never give up. We're not the type of team that just gives up. 
But doggone it, if, if Dustin Hopkins then didn't injure his hamstring. So, I mean, this guy has been right at the top of our MVP list, Dustin Hopkins. And I, I believe I counted at least three, maybe four times where the Browns would have normally kicked a field goal, a money field goal. By the way, that would have set a Brands, Browns franchise record for most points scored in a season. I think he was five points away. So two field goals plus the extra points, he would have had it easily. But now he's injured, and prayers for Dustin Hopkins. Uh, two or three games, the Browns don't win without Dustin Hopkins. And then I, I heard Corey Bajorquez might be injured. I just, like, kind of lost in the hoopla of everything else that was going on in the game. You know, you started to realize pretty quick that the Browns were not punting the ball. They were not kicking field goals. I just want to look up real quick and see what is the latest on Corey Bajorquez. Uh, Daryl Ryder says punter Corey Bajorquez was apparently banged up too. Okay, and it was DeAnthony Bell just had to kick off. And it's not just that Bajorquez was the punter and could do some kicking. He was also the holder. So I don't know. I just I just ran a search, and I'm not seeing too much more. We'll have to keep an eye on, on our kicker and our punter now. So anyway, back to it. That's that's the danger of a blown play. It gets the de the silent crowd back into the game. It puts you in a weird position where you can get injured. We saw it with Baker uh, trying to make a tackle. He sh your quarterback shouldn't be making tackles. You shouldn't have your kicker making tackles. Yeah, I know Pat McAfee made a tackle or two, and he's a legend, but these are when bad things happen. So this was a huge special teams breakdown that could have – Let's season changing potential. Huge mistake letting letting Pierce get free on that kick return. The repercussions. We'll see. I don't know what Dustin Hopkins, if he's expected to be back next game, if they're gonna hold him out another game, if we're gonna sign someone on the practice squad. I don't know what we do, but with this team, it's just next man up. Fingers crossed, all right. Anyway. Browns don't do much following that. Houston gets the ball back. Zadarius Smith had a really nice day. Several sacks. Gets a fourth down sack to end the following drive. Browns get the ball. Flacco shoots one out to Moore to extend the drive. Then a nice first down catch to Akins, our backup tight end. And then Flacco does it for the second game in a row. Cooper was running last week across the middle, and he – Flacco got it between three defenders. Then he tiptoed down for a touchdown. This one was Njoku going on a post route. I mean, he was right by one, two, three receivers. Two of them right on him, and then the other was, was in pursuit where the ball was descending. And, I mean, he just got it right to him. He knows how to throw it to his tight end. Perfect pass. A lot of velocity on it. Perfect location. Between three defenders on that post, it goes for a touchdown. Now, we don't have a kicker at this point, so we're going with two-point conversions. 
go to the DTR package, Dorian Thompson Robinson, and he rushes it in on the two point conversion, taking a uh, Browns lead now with the score of 22 to 7. Okay, so we're up 15. That's good. Houston gets the ball back. Alex Wright gets a sack. Then Browns get the ball back after holding him. Flacco then on second and eight from the Browns 35 launches a deep pass to Marquise Goodwin. Unfortunately, that one is picked off at the Houston 18. Like I said, that one from the Browns 35 to the Houston 18. Yes, it was only on second down, but it was a long punt. But still not good. But, you know, when you're going to take these long passes, high risk, high reward type stuff. So Houston gets the ball back and they're driving near midfield around the 40. And then the pass was tapped. Lineman got his hand up. Left tackle. I forget who it was. And then JOK, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, grabs the interception. Huge swing. You know, you need these momentum swinging plays, and the Browns' defense came up big there. Flacco under center takes the ball, zips it down to Cooper to the 18-yard line with 13 seconds left in the half. Once again, this is kind of where you play differently if you have a kicker. You just, you know, you know you got at least three. You take a couple shots. You're careful. Instead, Flacco sends it into the end zone to Cooper for second pick of the day. Second pick of the half. And, I, 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 you know, that, that play really concerned me because where's our backup kicker? Every team needs to have a backup kicker. You should have players practicing who aren't normal kickers. What if this were the Super Bowl? You're just not going to kick it? I think we need to address this. You tell me there's not a safety, a defensive back? Lou the toe grows us. Somebody can't kick in some 30-yard field goals? So we got to get on that. Special teams is coach, GM. We got to figure out who our backup and our backup backup kickers are. Because if we really needed that three... I, just at the end of the half, that was really disconcerting to me. Anyway, into the second half, Houston gets the ball, but then they stall near midfield. Browns get the ball back, and then on third and one from our own 15, Cooper catches a slant on a nice – it was like kind of like Cooper took a couple steps and then stopped. And it kind of lulled the defensive back to sleep, thinking it might just be a button hook or something. And then he takes off on the ins on an inside route, kind of like a in a delayed slant, getting the first down. Great route, great execution, great play. Some of these things, you know, can go under the radar. Obviously on the highlights, you're going to see a few of these long touchdown passes, but there's little key moments where you keep the, the, the chains moving that win you the games. So then on second and two under heavy blitz, Flacco dumps it off to Njoku on a screenplay to get another first down. Keep the chains moving. Really nice safety valve play. I want to make sure we have Njoku getting a couple of screens per game. He is a load to, to, to bring down. And especially since we were unable to convert to uh, uh, Kareem Hunt a couple of times on these swing passes, these, these little screen. Ah, yeah, I guess just like a screen. Um, Really good to have that in the bag, just to have a large safety valve there, dump the ball out. Because Cooper was uh, – Flacco was going down. 
So good job from Njoku right there. Hunt then gets a swing pass on third and three, moving the chains. Then Flacco under heavy pressure again. I mean, the, the Texans were really starting to dial it up here. Flacco avoids a sack and tosses it to Cooper with an 18-yard reception, but he's flipped upside down. Ball pops out, but he was ruled down, thankfully. And this was just a couple of plays after Cooper was lifted and speared into the ground. Two really big hits on Amari Cooper on this drive alone. Luckily, he got up. Luckily, he thrived. This is, again, after that, that's where Flacco and Hunt miss each other on yet another screen that could have converted. So there we were once again, where we would normally kick the three-point field goal. It's fourth and eight, but we end up going for it. Heavy pressure. Once again, Flacco is getting sacked, and he kind of does a like a sidearm half throw to the left sideline, and Cooper makes an unbelievable circus toe-tap reception for the first down. I mean, it, you're like, oh, my God. First of all, you thought Flacco was sacked. Then when he got the ball out, you're like, oh, boy, this is a dangerous throw. And then you saw Cooper come down. You're like, whoa. Oh, that would have been cooler if he was in bounds. Hang on. Was he in bounds? Wait, it looks like they're saying he was in bounds. And you see the replay. You're like, this guy's having an incredible game, both Flacco and Cooper. It doesn't happen without both of them having a, an unbelievable day. Holds up under replay. There you go. After that, Flacco then hits Cooper on another post, another touchdown, second of the day. DTR's two-point conversion gets it to Ford, and then that conversion fails. So the Browns are one of one in these two-point conversions now since we don't have anyone to kick an extra point. Browns lead 28-7. Houston gets the ball back in Zadarius Smith pressure. Leads to a Duran Harmon interception. Once again, next man up. Duran Harmon was here for two games, and he's already getting interceptions. It's just plug and play right now. I'm, I'm so impressed with the resiliency of this team, this Cleveland Browns team. This is exactly what you want. You don't want excuses. You just next man up, let's go. And they expect you to, to perform at a high level, and we are performing at a high level. Square Table Degenerates says, hey, Brian, bro, what's up? I don't know you, Square Table Degenerates. Do I? If I know you, let me know who you are. I don't know that username. But howdy, thanks for watching. Leave any comments that you can. I'll try to address your comments. Um, all right. Just wanted to check that for a second. So, Daron Harmon with a, with a great interception. Browns have the ball. Joe Flacco zips another sideline pass to Amari Cooper on another nice reception. Then on fourth down, Tillman gets another fourth down conversion for the Browns. Takes it to the Texans' 25-yard line. Then on another fourth down, Amari Cooper gets another reception. From close proximity now. Kareem Hunt goes in on the rush for a touchdown. Flacco to Cooper, two-point conversion is successful. Browns are now two of three of two-point conversions. And the Browns lead 36-7. to seven. So DTR comes in. Houston gets the ball, gives it back up. And this is kind of like the Browns have pulled their starters at this point. You see a lot of 
players on the sideline. Flacco, uh, Miles Garrett. DTR comes in. Offense looks trash. He gets sacked. Texans get the ball up to midfield on a couple of Mills passes. And then a Nico Collins touchdown pass and a two-point conversion. It moved really quick. So this game is now safely in our possession, 36-7. Quickly turned 36-15. Okay, well, let's just get the onside kick, and we'll be okay. Nope. Kyle Fairbairn knocks the onside kick, bounces. Houston gets it. Davis Mills has come in to replace, uh, I believe, the injured Case Keenum. Throws a few passes. Then gets Andrew Beck on another touchdown pass. Our backups were not getting it done. So the starters came back in. They went for the one point and got it 36-22 to 22 now. That's a 14-point game. This was a game that seemed to be out of reach, completely under control, and then suddenly it wasn't. So on the next onside kick attempt, Prochet does get the ball back. Goes up and grabs it. So since we don't have a punter, it goes to fourth and seven. The Browns decide to go for it. And theme for the day, Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper. A roughly 19-yard catch. That gets Cooper to 265 yards. That breaks the 261-yard record, the receiving record that the Browns had with Josh Gordon 10 years ago in 2013. So Amari Cooper now has the most reception yards in a Browns game in team history. Congratulations. Kudos to Andrew Barry for trading, what, a fifth-round pick to get Amari Cooper? Okay. I'll take that every day. Yeah, I, I, I still don't think Andrew Barry got it right on, on Deshaun Watson. I, I really dislike everything about that trade. But, wow. Dustin Hopkins was a win. Joe Flacco was a win. Um, Amari Cooper was a win. So Andrew Barry's definitely put his stamp on this team. You can't hit every pitch out for a home run. You will have some strikeouts. but and, and, you know, the jury's still out on Watson, but I just – you see Flacco, like the offense looks like an offense with him. With, with Watson, it's one read, two read, I'm going to run it. And, you know, what play that he was on broke his shoulder. It's like you don't want your quarterback taking any unnecessary hits. Stop running it. Stay in the pocket, roll around, move around, and get the ball out. Get it out to your playmakers. I don't like running quarterbacks. Anyway, so Prochet gets the ball back. Cooper sets the record, 265 yards. And then on a fourth, another fourth down, the Browns do stall with another opportunity that would have been there for a three-point field goal try, but we don't have a kicker. So anyway, Houston gets the ball back. They end on a whimper because the Browns' defense holds, and that's your final score. Uh, the Cleveland Browns win 36-22, to taking out the formerly 8-6 and six Titans. Uh, uh, Texans. I knew what I was trying to say. 36-22, to Browns advance to 10-5. and five. Houston drops to 8-7. and seven. Team of destiny, folks. Team of destiny. Can't overlook a single opponent. Two winnable games coming up here. There are two winnable games. The Jets and the Bengals. All right. 
The Browns have, don't look now, the Browns have, I mean, the third best record in the AFC. We're currently at the number five position. In the NFC, there are four teams that have 10 or more wins. The Cowboys have 10, Eagles have 10, Lions have 11 who clinched yesterday, and the 49ers with 11. Mixed into that playoff hunt in the NFC are the eight and seven uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're what? A game up on the Falcons, who are seven and eight, and the Saints, who are seven and eight. So I'm, I'm definitely, I would like to beat either the Lions or the Bucks in the Super Bowl this year. Look, I don't care who we beat. I just want to win. But anyway, in the AFC, the Ravens are at the number one seed. We, if they lose out, Three, three losses and the Browns win out. We can win the division still. Ravens have some tough matchups. They're, what, the 49ers tonight? It's an easily losable game. And not to jinx uh, uh, their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, but he's the only healthy quarterback in the AFC North. Uh, just saying. He has a tendency. So the Dolphins have clinched. They're 11-4. and four. Well, Like I said, the Chiefs play the Ravens tonight. Chiefs only have nine wins on the season. Jacksonville lost. They're only eight and seven. The Browns at 10 and five would be leading Kansas City's division or the Jacksonville Jaguars division. So then in our rearview mirror, a game back are the Bills. And then two games back are the Colts, the Texans, and the Steelers and the Bengals, all at eight and seven. Then the Broncos, who lost a heartbreaker last night, they're seven and eight. And the Raiders at 6-8 are just about eliminated. So that's kind of what we're looking at. It's our season. One win gets us in. I believe we're 99% lock for the playoffs. I don't like it. I want 100%. So we'll see how it goes. But the Cleveland Browns are in a fantastic position to crush. Punch a playoff ticket. Get in and do some damage. So Super Bowl, Super Browns, elite Joe Flacco, all praise be given to uh, Amari Cooper. Bravo. You earned it. This is Christmas, so all praise be given to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by the way. It is the reason for the season. Um, what a gift. Thank you, Browns. This just lifts the spirits of me and uh, just so many people that root for this team. And we are the underdog story of the season across the board. So let's keep it up. Stay focused. Really short week. Got to see what's going on with Bajorquez and Dustin Hopkins, our kickers. It's been so solid for us all year, and now they're two big question marks. But next man up or heal up and give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. But in this front office at this point, do I trust? this? In this front office, I trust. So let's keep it rolling. Congratulations, Browns. Great win. Every win is necessary from here on out. What if we could lead the division and get a bye? What if we could take over the AFC? What if we – Let's just let's just take care of our, our job and win each week 1-0 each week. We go 1-0 each week. Other than that, it's too much out of our control to worry about too much. So I'm going to sign out. But really quick, go to uh, X, the unhappy hour underscore, and subscribe. Uh, go on YouTube and type the unhappy hour sports show. Find our channel and subscribe. On Instagram, the unhappy hour sports show. And, of course, this is all under the umbrella of the new American media. So you can find the new American media in all places and subscribe to us there. So signing out.
I appreciate you. I love you. And we'll talk to you again soon. Go Browns. Peace on earth, y'all. Merry Christmas. I love you.